Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to episode number 17 of Tell Me Your Tales. This week's episode is with elite middle and the long distance runner Andy Allison. And it's one of the most uh, exciting releases for me this episode because it's actually the first ever podcast episode I recorded uh, for the Tell Me Your Tales podcast. So it's, yeah, it's got a special place in my heart this episode because without this first recording, I probably would have never gained the confidence to go forward and get this podcast off the ground. It was just over 12 months ago that I actually purchased the microphone and got Tell Me Your Tales set up on iTunes and um, got it hosted on a website. And um, yeah, from then it really went nowhere. I think if you go back and listen to my original first, second and third episodes, it's just me talking about some current races I had coming up and all that jazz. And I was probably at a stage where I was a bit scared, a bit nervous, a bit apprehensive about pulling the trigger and actually launching the podcast. And then um, one day over summer, Andy Allison copped commented on one of my Instagram photos. I think he was taking the mickey out of me because I put a photo up on Strava of my, sorry, I put out a photo up on Instagram of my Strava week and um, my week on Strava showed that I didn't have a paid Strava account and Andy thought it'd be a good opportunity to remind me that I probably should be forking out a few dollars to the people at Strava because they do provide me with a bit of value in my life, the people at Strava. But um, from that point, I commented back and sent him a bit of a message and kind of, oh yeah, I remember the the moment exactly how it went. I was kind of sitting at home and I thought, nah, stuff it. I'm just going to ask Andy if he wants to be on the podcast. And as I said, I was a bit nervous seeing if he would uh, give me a yes or a no. I found him, as I said, I didn't know him at the time, but I found him quite interesting just looking him up on Strava and Facebook and a quick Google search about the the raw information I could find on him. And then, um, yeah, I sent him a message telling him I'm starting this podcast, which at that stage I'd been starting for about six months. And um, he wrote back saying, yes, no worries. And We kind of made a time. I was in Hobart for a race, run the bridge, and he lives in Hobart now. So next thing I knew, I was uh, sitting in Andy's lounge room, eating a couple of his grandparents, I think it was his grandparents, maybe his grandparents-in-law's cookies, and we were recording this chat. So... I guess for me, it um, it showed a massive step outside my comfort zone when you come up with an idea 
and you finally pull the trigger and step outside and have a go at um, taking something on. And yeah, it was pretty good to start it off with a guy like Andy, because as you'll be able to tell, and if you listened to the podcast a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about Sub 2 Hours, the Nike project, Andy was the guest I had on then, so he's very easy to talk to. And um, yeah, as I said, I guess it's probably one of those things that doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, we all get nervous and we all get worried and scared and probably a bit apprehensive about failing at something, but I'm so stoked that I asked asked Andy that day because the same weekend I recorded the episode with Nick Earl and from then I've just been able to build momentum and momentum and, um, you know, I was absolutely cacking myself when we hit record at Andy's place this day because I didn't know what I was doing really. I think I had about half a page of notes, which was pretty limited preparation to what I do these days. But um, hopefully, well, hopefully you can tell in my voice that my interviewing skills weren't up to scratch because I'd like to think that I've probably come a long way in the last 15 or 16 episodes. But um, I'll leave you to be the judge of that one. So as I said, this was the very first Tell Me Your Tales I'd ever recorded which is crazy to think about now because in the next couple of weeks we'll hit 10,000 downloads, um, which is something I'm stoked about. 10,000 is kind of a pretty impressive number and I've probably still got five episodes recorded up my sleeve and people booked in for the next month or so to keep recording. So I'm not planning on going anywhere. So if you like what's happening, keep uh, keep liking it because I'm not going to back up yet. Um, Thanks for listening again. Really appreciate it. As I said, it's really important to to thank you guys. You've been there from the beginning if you've uh, held on from the start. And um, as I said, I really appreciate that. If you want any more information about what I've been doing, you can head over to my website at www.bradytrailful.com. I've got a couple of blogs up there. I haven't written recently, but I might um, the next couple of days, I'm hoping to. And um, thanks to the people who, a couple of people have sent me some emails and reached out to me online, which has been really good. Sometimes you just sit here and just like I am now, you sit here and record and you wonder if anyone, well, I know people are listening because the numbers tell me where and when people download the show from, but it's, um, it's always good to get some feedback back and, and even suggesting guests. Um, if you've got someone you want me to try and get on the show, be sure to let me know about it and I'll just, um, yeah, I'll hit them up and, yeah, see if I can get something out of them because that's my job, to bring you some good quality conversations with people that I think my plug line was people that I um, find inspirational, wise or motivational. So, as I said, this interview's this, um, yeah, it's really got a bit of a, a touching part for me, this, this podcast, and I really hope you enjoy it. Just a heads up before I press, press play on it that Andy did have his Garmin on and obviously it was set to notifications on his watch and he's a very popular man, you'll hear that because every about five minutes his Garmin beeps. So it's the same sound you hear when you kind of hit a K marker on your um, on your Garmin. So if you're out running listening to this, it's not your watch beeping all the time, it's just Andy being a pretty popular person. Um, I remember I gave this episode to Carly to have a listen to a couple of months back, Carly, my partner, and she was running with it and she was um, getting a bit confused because the Garmin beeps were going off flat out and she was only running pretty pretty moderately through the um, through the bush here in Achukamoama. Anyway, that's enough for me. I think that's the biggest introduction I've ever done. But as, as I said, pretty important episode to me. I love this episode. I've, this is one of the only ones I've listened back to and I hope you getting, get something out of it as well. Hey. Cheers. Bye. 
Rightio, Andy, welcome. Good morning. I don't really know what I'm doing. Good afternoon now. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is afternoon. We'll just, well, sorry, you go. Welcome to Hobart. Yeah, thank you. It's beautiful, beautiful sitting in your house here and looking out at the rain coming down, big open windows. It actually reminds me a bit of our house. We've got a real old school um, weatherboard house as well that's white and big windows and stuff, so feeling right at home. Mind you, this kitchen table's... um, Better than ours. I yes, it's like not bad. That. We yeah, we had this um, had this made for us. Um, yeah, and it's holding up. We had to get it reinforced by the father-in-law, but otherwise, it's pretty yep. good. Yeah, it's good. No, that's good. Beautiful. Tell us about this morning. Yeah, good day. Good day. Yeah, after not being out of hardly even been out of jog yesterday, and uh, I was uh, a very disappointed runner yesterday morning doing my pre-race shakeout to running a. A PB today, so yeah, very happy man. So under, yeah. under thirty-two minutes for the first, first time. First time sub thirty-two. Um, just made it thirty-one forty-three, but I'll take that on a yeah. on a pretty hilly course and a fairly ordinary yeah, couple sure. of weeks lead up in the with moving moving over from Melbourne back to Tassie. Yeah, and because I'm not sure when this is going to go out, probably explain that this morning was yeah. um, run the bridge, the ten k race in Hobart, which was yeah, it's a amazing field down here. It was oh, four or five Olympians. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, super elite. I've never been yeah. in a. I've been in a lot of Tassie fun runs, yep. and they get good fields because there's great money up for grabs, but I've never seen a field yeah. like that on the start line. Pretty impressive. I'm the same. I was kind of – I ran Zatapak, what, maybe two or three years ago, yep. and I reckon that was pretty similar field to yeah. to a good Zatapak, like yeah. Australian record holders. And, well, it's a great yeah. course, and it's a good weekend away, I yeah. think, for mainlanders to come down to Hobart. It's a yeah. great city and a point-to-point race, which is really interesting, yeah. and running over from – you know the bridge, which is fairly iconic, the Tasman yeah. Bridge, and you know it's a it's a challenging one. It's certainly if you're fit and strong, I think you can run fast yeah, on it. Um, sure. But there are three very big hills yeah. um, to contend with. So if you're not so good on the hills, you're going to have a fairly tough day yeah. out. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's funny though because there's just not much this time of the year as well. Like I, that's why I reckon it gets people like it. A lot of those guys are ten half marathon, five k guys. Yeah. And with Nitro this year, it's kind of. No Briggs Classic, no kind of Melbourne Track Classic. It's harder to find a race. Yeah, and I think appealing. they've all been up at Falls, you know, doing a big session mm. up there, and they've had nothing because of the Nitro mm. being on. They've had nowhere to spend all that cash that they've built up exactly there right, in the yeah. bank. And so, yeah, it turned out to be a really good option. Richard Welsh, who um, uh, runs the event, has yeah. worked pretty hard to get some, some elite guys down. Yeah, it's been really good. We were talking about um, – who was I talking with? Talking to someone jogging today, maybe Brian – and um, we are saying how good it would be if each state had three races like Tassie does, like yep. you know, Launceston 10K, Bernie 10K and Run the Bridge. Yeah. You know, they're kind of three massive races for the Australian calendar and it would be so good if Victoria had the same thing in New South Wales and yeah. just give you some stuff to hit, which would be... So you've got more opportunities to run... Good yeah. 10Ks and good fields, yeah. good quality, absolutely. Because otherwise, if you there's not too many around, you're, you're sort of putting all your eggs in one basket, mm. so to speak. And if you have a bad day, then you've got to wait a long time to, yeah. to get it right again. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking coming down the, the last few hundred metres from that turnaround. That yeah. I didn't want to blow it again. So, yeah, it was a fairly hot, really hot finish. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, come on, you spent money on airfares to get yeah. down here. You yeah. know, it's taken up half your weekend. Yeah, exactly. You've got to run well. You keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, it would be good to have another race in a month's time to kind of focus on of that kind of yeah. where you're going to get six or seven Olympians again yeah. to kind of make it fast. Anyway, mate, we've kind of gone off track already, but that's that's the whole part of this podcast, Good. just kind of having a conversation yeah. about what's going on and yeah. going from there. But first, let's, um, let's just unpack Andy a bit. So, age? 
Uh, 37, 38 this year. Yeah, right. Months, yep. And you've been, did you, you were born here? Tassie? Born in Launceston, yep. yep. Yeah, grew up in, in Launceston, had a really quick stint overseas in the UK just for a few months and then moved back and then we lived in Hobart for six or seven years yep. and then Melbourne the last four years and just yeah. moved back to Tassie into Hobart last yep. week. Yeah. And just from talking to you today, you seem pretty stoked to be back here. Oh, really happy yeah. to be back here. Yeah, I love the pace of life down here. It's, yep. Everything's just a little bit easier, but you've still got, you've got everything you need from a big city, but it yeah. just feels a little bit more a little bit more local, absolutely. Why did you move to Melbourne? Um, my wife's an obstetrician, so she was sub-specialising yep. in that field, so she's been doing a training over there, yep. so in high, um, in high-risk um, obstetrics. So, yep, she's fully qualified now. We've moved back, and moved she's back. a staff specialist at the Royal Hobart Hospital now. Got the ticket and then back again. That's it, yeah, so I'm pretty happy to be back. Yeah, 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 yeah it's really good. And yourself, you working at the Running Edge? Yeah, I'm, I'm at the, the Running Edge, owned by a mate of mine, Kim Gillard, former... Elite yeah. runner, could awesome, run a bit. awesome runner. Yeah, he's a bit of an animal, so he's still, yeah, he's still about. So he's owned that. I think it's been about seven or eight years. I've had that now. Yep. Um, I worked there before I went to Melbourne. Um, I'm also a per- personal trainer by trade. Yep. So I did that for a while before I worked at the the Running Edge. Uh, did a lot of running, but a lot of classes and individual clients and that kind of thing and also uh, a hospitality background so I did about 10 or 12 years in hospitality yeah right yeah so I did a little bit of that in Melbourne the last year as well yep worked at a bike store and made coffee a couple of days a week yep. as well so yeah a bit of an all-rounder so the running edge has got the complete package like you can go there and get your clothes and shoes and stuff but you can do running classes and well we do a, we groups. do a group we do a, a a group run on a Wednesday night which is like free of charge just a community run yep but apart from that no it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a running store so it's got everything you need you know, we do gait analysis and, and proper fits and that kind of thing, but it's got uh, GPS and nutrition yeah. and all those accessories. So it's a one-stop shop. It's, yeah, it's pretty fun for me as, yeah. a, as a runner going back there. Lots of it stuff be, I need yeah. to buy. Yeah. So do you find sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're going to work? Like it's... Like, it's a pretty good crew, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I've had my first week back, and it just feels like the old days. It's yeah. great talking to people about running and walking and just yeah. finding out their stories as well. And, and you know, because we're all from different walks of life, and we're all trying to get different things out of our running. But, yeah, it's great to be in a place where everybody's, you know, on the same sort of wavelength. It's good fun. I reckon yeah. most of my wage will be spent in store. In right? store, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why exactly they, put, right. they put you back on. Yeah, just they're pretty happy with that. I get think. the sales up and yeah, you're back. Yeah, it's good, yeah. Where do you see... Um, I guess, where do you see the running industry, like clothes and shoes and technology? Like, yeah. I often think about the amount of technology we've got now compared to, you know, Deke and Mono getting yeah. and all those guys back then that hasn't really helped us at all. Like, no. No one's running much quicker. But No, it can be a bit of a distraction yeah. at times. I think we get a bit too caught up in the mm. numbers and, and the tech side of it. I mean, I love numbers and so the I, tech yeah. as well, so Real I can't really speak yeah. for it. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do without my Garmin yeah. now my... And my Strava that updates, like, like we've been today. talking about breakfast, you know, probably half of our conversation yeah. at breakfast this morning was about Strava. And yeah, that segment and this segment. Segment's yeah. exactly right. That's what Nick, Nick Earl's over on the computer in the other room yeah. at the moment, oh, he's Strava been, hunting. He's been panicking all morning because he hasn't been able to upload it. It's, um, he hasn't he hasn't got up to uh, Bluetooth uh, updates yet, so he's, uh, he's, he's been a bit nervous this morning <laughs> wanting to see where yeah. he's, he's, run a, he's run a road PB today, so well done, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I guess you know you're rocking up to work every yep. day of the week. So where you were talking about New Balance, how they've come along, and where do you think it's going next with the shoe industry and kind of? Well, I, I, I'm I'm a bit confused with it actually coming back. Like after four years out of it, I mean I worked for Adidas for three years while I was in Melbourne, so I sort of I didn't get exposed to everything. I only got exposed to what one company was doing, yep. and I was a bit out of the loop. So now it, it's sort of good fun being back at the store because now I get to find out what everybody's doing, and yeah. everybody's caught up so much. Yeah. Like Adidas had their boost 
technology for so long mm. and they had that painted for like five years and yeah. so nobody could touch it but now everybody gets to use oh, a bit okay. of that now yes yeah, so and new yeah, balance right. are using a bit of it like with their fresh foam and so they had a five year no one else could touch nobody it nobody else could touch it yeah. yeah yeah right yeah so they yeah they came up with the tech and they used it i think bmw um had the machines that was making it so because uh, they used to use it in um in the uh in the like the uh, protection in their cars, okay. in their dashboards and things like that. Yeah. That's why they got the idea behind the boost. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I worry that a lot of brands are worrying too much about fashion and lightness yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you've got yeah. to have light shoes, but if you're you're running a hundred, hundred and fifty k's a yeah. week, some days you just need support yeah. and you need cushioning. You need cushioning, yeah. and you need a bit of weight. Too, yeah. too many people get caught up in having the lightest. Um, object out there but yeah and you talk to the like, all the elite guys like hardly ever spend their time in um in racing fights like i love putting my heavy ones on in the morning you yeah know, you roll out of bed you're tired but you know you're kind of going to get that cushiony kind of support and bounce and you don't need to go fast because it's just an easy morning shakeout run yeah what is it train heavy race line yeah, yeah and I then mean, when you put them on you fly exactly i mean i put those i've never worn those shoes today yeah that i raced in today you know didn't even been, test them out in a training run or anything no just walked in them for a couple yeah. of weeks just yeah, got them right. feeling just so they, they were okay and what I were mean, they today adios yep. adios boost yep. yeah they were like a, i got saying i raced in the same pair i think they're yeah. the ones that um on maybe different um different season but they're the ones i like keep saying and all those kind of yeah, they were, racing, they were racing marathons in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. I try to race anything much longer than a 10, I'm probably no good. I raced in them for a half, actually, in a pair that I'd, I'd worn in quite well. I raced at a Burnley half in the AV series yep. last year. And, my, yeah, probably by the end, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, because I'm not biomechanically very yeah, good, yeah. I'm not very neutral. Yep. They were hurting me a bit. But for 10K, when you're running on your toes, yep. no issues. They're I beautiful. raced in them at um, Berlin. Yeah. yeah. I'd found them, yeah, good for me, but yeah. everyone's different, aren't they? Like, yep. it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so back to that, like, what do you see most people coming into the shop? Like, they all just want GPS watches and trying to kind of not so much take shortcuts in their training, but everyone wants that new gadget rather than doing the extra 20Ks training a week? Yeah, look, no, we get a lot of we get a lot of your regular everyday runners who yeah. they I notice most of them have, a, like, a Garmin or a GPS watch yeah. on now. Like, that's certainly changed in the last four or five years, yeah. whereas I used to have to sell those pretty hard, yeah. like the benefits of them. Um, but now I think they've become fairly commonplace yeah. and so many brands are doing versions of them. I still think you know, Garmin are probably the most superior yeah. out of all of them and with their backup um, their their apps and things like that as well, but yeah, I, I think most people are quite aware of them now. If not, they're using some sort of app on their phone. I did notice about four or five years ago when I was back at the running stores that a lot of people were using phones yep. and using the apps on those. But I think most people realise now that that's just a really a bit of a pain. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So carry, they, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think you have to sell that much now. And I think most people understand they have to do the work. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm noticing that more, that people understand that having training plans and not just going out and jogging every day yeah. is more beneficial yeah. to actually use your time more wisely. And Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah. there is a massive difference, isn't there, between like the people who run over 50 minutes there today, maybe yep. an hour over there t- yep. today at a 10K race. Yeah. The way they train to the elite guys are doing two or three sessions a week and yep. one long run compared to yep. people who just jog. And even in that, though, like the exposure, you know, a lot of those guys have never heard of Dave McNeil before and he's just got no. around 20, 28, 58 or yeah, something. Yeah, which would or, be uncomprehendable to most. Or, yeah, Absolutely. or Collis. So like they're in the same sport yeah. but and you're on the same course and they've never heard of the guys or know much about. And it's kind of a bit of a shame because you think about people who play club soccer and stuff, they know – 
Oh. Everyone, the people who play country footy where yeah. I'm from, they know every AFL player. Like yeah. it's the kids at school know every AFL player. Yep. But in this sport of running, it's the massive gap between the fun runners and the elite guys. That yep. yeah, it's I, I don't know the answer to it. Maybe the media, like they don't get a lot of mainstream media. Those kind of elite guys and they get a lot of love. I think it's because like, and I was I was having a laugh with Dave McNeil on the start yep. line today because he was wearing a, a different brand of shoes to what he's been sponsored yeah. by, and I said, yep. "What you got? You got dropped because you didn't win Olympic gold yep. in Rio." And he's like, "Pretty much, you know." Oh, I mean, right, that's you what know, the story is. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's, not the story, but yeah, you know. And uh, so it's it's a tough gig. Like running is a really yeah. tough gig in Australia, especially because there's not a lot of love because we're so caught up with um, our major um, codes of yeah. football, um, which is fair enough. That's what that's our that's our they're our national sports, but there's just not a lot of, a lot of love in running, and running is probably one of the toughest sports out there as yeah. well. And you get no not too many rewards from it. I mean, he's done well today. Yeah, he's picked up a bit of cash today, yeah. but that's not every. You know, he's not getting that regularly. Especially, especially if yeah, if you're not working full time or even yeah. part time, and yeah, like they might be living off that bank check for yeah two or three months kind yeah. of thing, and then traveling the world and um, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're certainly doing it more for the love. Yeah, you got to love it. Yeah. I think they deserve much more than they get. Yeah, um, which is good. Right, and what about you? How did you get into run? Oh yeah, well, funny story. I was um, I never really ran as a junior yeah like um i think i think grade grade nine i ran across country and i was probably 50th at my high school yeah like i didn't run or so anything no like natural that. talent and just yep no natural just, talent just um next next year grade 10 i think i came second yep like with no running again yeah and just sort of turned up and just kept passing people until yep. i got to the finish and then didn't really run again i used to just jog with a couple of mates who were quite into running yep back through my late teens and early 20s but I just used to jog a couple of times a week for like forty minutes. Yeah, fit, didn't really, fit, yeah. didn't really, yeah, just to keep fit and just because I enjoyed it and it, it came pretty naturally. But I played a lot of different sports. I played uh, racket sports through my teens, so yep. badminton to a, a fairly high level. I went to the nationals and things like that. Yeah, you're right. Had a little mini tennis scholarship for a bit. Yeah. Quit those when I was about seventeen because I got pretty bored with it. Yeah. And then went to soccer because I had a mate yeah. who played soccer and I thought, oh, I'll go, I'll go try As soccer for a bit. Yeah. Played a bit of indoor soccer for a couple of years and then played outdoor soccer with a couple of local clubs in Lonnie, yep. like in the state league and then the Northern Premier League. And then that just became too hard because I was in hospitality, working, yeah. uh, playing, playing a game Saturday. And because I'm so little, I used to get have, smashed. Yeah. I used to get smashed. Yeah. And, yeah, and used to get kicked a lot. And I'd go to work and I'd be crippled and yeah. trying to stand on my feet and work a night shift at, yeah. at a restaurant. It just became too hard. And so I quit that and then took up golf. Yeah, because <laughs> my, right. my dad played golf and yep. he loved it and he was always having to play golf. So I, I played golf for about three years, got down to single figures, and then yeah. quit, quit that. Okay, so it's a bit of a reoccurring thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a, there, a real thing. Yeah, exactly. The and then get bored. Yeah. yeah, I used to just get bored. Um, and then I just found golf really frustrating. You've got to put in so yeah. much time and, you know, you don't always get, you know, your rewards out of it. It's like yep. if you train hard at running and cycling, you generally you get your rewards yeah, at the end of it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. golf, you could have in. a bad day. So, so much luck is involved in yeah. golf as well and temperament and, yep. you know, a bit of a temper. So, you know, it didn't go yeah, so well. It would be so frustrating. It wasn't a good sure. outlet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then I was a, yeah, I became a personal trainer. And so I was working at the gym and keeping pretty fit, you know, taking spin classes and, yeah. and run groups and yeah, stuff like that. That was here yeah. in Hobart, yeah, at a gym called All Aerobics. And um, and I think yeah, Lindsay and I got married that year. The year I was turning thirty, I think. Yeah. We went uh, went overseas for our honeymoon for a few weeks, and I came back, and I was like, I was looking for a new challenge. And my um, my boss was a former pro triathlete, and he said, Oh well, there's a there's a fun run on 
on Sunday. Yeah. This is like a week or so after I got back. He says, come and do it with me. It was like a, the 10K, the Glenorchy Classic, I yeah. think. Yeah, so he took me out there and and um, I'd never really been in a race before and I think I ran like 35, 40 or something Just like that. Just like spin class and a couple of jogs yeah, a week. Yeah, a couple yeah. of jogs a week and a bit of spin classes and I beat my boss and yeah. he wasn't too happy. He had to give yeah. me a lift home afterwards and he, <laughs> I think I finished like ninth there or something like that. Is that the race you put in your bio for the elite, in the elite booklet? Did you well, see this? coming to that. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Down, yeah. yeah, so, um, and that was that and then a few people said, oh, you should keep running. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll keep running. This is fun. So I, I created a program for myself just like uh, off the internet, sort yep. of found a few things and thought, oh, I can work that and started running more, started doing a couple of sessions and then and then started going for some long runs up on the mountain, up yep. Mount Wellington. So I'd never run over about 13K before. Yep. And so I went up one day and ran the pipeline track, which is um, – infamous up here like it's, okay. a, it's a pretty amazing place to go and run it's yep. a beautiful beautiful trail that winds all the way up oh, the yeah. side of the mountain and then returns so it's a it's a fairly standard long run loop that a lot of Hobartians do and I think that's something like 20 odd k return and I went and did that one day and just got this massive high like yep. you know that runner's high that they talk about which is harder to get the yeah. longer you run the yeah. less you see it but I got it that day and I was just euphoric and I was just like wow how good's running yeah and so um I think I raced another another couple of events maybe I think I did the Tasmanian mountain running champs yep and um and I won that state champ yeah yep. I got a state champ yeah I mean it's not a not, not wasn't, no, it's wasn't not a easy, massive field but it's still a title do, yeah exactly and I was new at it and then yeah did a bit more and somebody said oh you should get a coach so I, I jumped in with a group and started doing that and and then the, a year later at Glenorchy Classic, um, the favourite Grant Page uh, got injured or something the night before, okay. pulled out, and I turned up the race and found out he wasn't in it, and there was a few of us looking around at each other and thinking, oh, this is actually up for grabs now, because if Page was in it, it was, it was over. We are all racing for second. Yeah. And, it, um, and uh, yeah, so it became a real race, and I, I got a bit of a buzz from that, and there was me and maybe two other guys just head-to-head, and then... With about 1,500 to go, I think I had my coach at the time who was on the corner there and he just said, go. Yeah. And I just I just went and I think I ran 32, 32.20 or something or yeah, something okay. like that. So I'd had like a three and a half minute yep. improvement a year and won it. And I, I never dreamed of winning a, yeah. a running race. A race yeah. oh, no, it never occurred to me. And so that was a real buzz. Um, and yeah, I got on the TV for that and... And how good is it? Like all of a sudden this whole world kind of opens. Oh, it was so different. I mean, yeah. I was just in it because I loved it. And it was just such a great challenge and I, I loved the routine of running, of yeah. doing sessions and, and committing to plans and yeah. ticking things off. I'm really meticulous like that. And so, yeah, and to win it and to, to get some coverage for it was just so yeah. much fun. I just loved it. And those early days when you start a program and you just start seeing those massive jumps, like it's so motivating. Like yeah. It, yeah, it's harder now that you well, we'll get to your injury and how you've come back to running mm. and stuff. But sometimes it frustrates me because you kind of do you put in the same amount of work, but you're yep. kind of chasing you're chasing sometimes to get back near your best, which is um you know it's kind of demoralising sometimes. Oh, you can't absolutely. even get near your best and you're still putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. Those so, are the early days. Yeah, so it continued on like that, and then I think we ran Lonnie a month later because they tend to be about a month apart, and I only ran a few seconds quicker. Yeah, and I was really frustrated with it because I thought I was, you know, we had a 
we had a pretty good day out there and was, uh, that was when I started getting this nerve nerve problem in my back and it, it just it just made running a little bit harder. I started to lose power and yeah. so I, I felt like I was a lot fitter but still ran 32, yeah. 13 or something like that and it stayed like that for years. Yeah. That PB stayed there for years yeah. and I was so frustrated because I did it so easily at yeah. the Glenorchy Classic and I thought it was just a matter of time to yeah. knock it off that sub 32 and when you're a runner of my sort of standard, not elite or anything, running under 32 became a really big a really big thing for me to, to yeah. tick off and today was the first time you've that's gone the first time too. yeah first time so that's about seven years ago seven years yeah yeah seven years of work i mean i had probably four years of that was non-running yep yeah so the injury became so bad that um it just became too much hard work to run like i was sacrificing too much running you know yep. 120 to 140 k's a week and i was probably a bit miserable at home yep. i was getting up so early and training a lot of people at the gym as well and it just became too hard you know i was having to watch what i eat and I didn't drink as much and I, I yeah. think I became a bit of a pain in the ass yeah. and I was thinking well is it worth it Yeah. and you know having having steroid injections in all over my body and my yeah. back and legs and ultrasound and physio and massage and it's just like yeah this isn't right so it was actually was it six years ago I think at this same run run the bridge it uh, my back flared up really badly the week before it like I fell over going for a training run my left leg just gave yeah. out and I had to stop running all week and my physio Matt Lancaster at all, um, all care physio just got me in the gym just trying to lift all these heavy weights on it to try to fire up the neurons and I got into race day and it was terrible and I ran 32 45 or something on one leg like dragging yeah. my leg through it got to the finish couldn't, do a, fun. couldn't do a warm down and I just went nah that's it I'm done went and bought a bike yeah. bought a road bike and just started riding because I had a lot of mates who were into how that transition go though because like I've thought about it a couple of times even the triathlete group from where I live I'm you know, half thinking I should go out with him one day and have a ride with him, but it just doesn't, you know, entertain me at all. The thought of sitting on a bike for two hours, like, is it boring or you made the, no, made the transition okay? No, I made the transition pretty pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I had a had a number of mates who were very very good cyclists, and um, yeah, it was it was yeah it was quite fun. It took me a little while to to get used to it but um and the bike handling i didn't come naturally to me because yeah. i'm not really much of a daredevil and so i did find the descending a little bit of a worry but going up hills i, I found i went really well and I, I did start to enjoy the longer rides yeah it became really cathartic for me but yeah I, I quit running completely and just and rode for a couple of years and then probably once a year i would jump back into a race just for into a running race into a running yeah. race yeah would you like, race the bikes no, I didn't no, race the bikes. That was just no. a social keep fit. Yeah, yeah, just a social keep fit, and I enjoyed that. And so, I, I yeah, I'd jump into a race maybe once a year. I think I did Point to Pinnacle yep. one year on bike training alone, and that hurt like hell. Yeah. But I still ran okay, like I, within a couple of minutes of my PB. But then, um, yeah, yeah, I could hardly walk for oh, a yeah. couple of weeks afterwards. And Back so I played that game for a couple of years, and after we moved to Melbourne, I did that as well. I had another stab at running where I was running like 40 or 50 k's a week for a little bit. And, yeah, same thing popped up. My back got really bad and I was just like, oh, forget about it. I'll just ride bikes. And then that got me to about 2015. I was working for Adidas and they were a sponsor of City to – what is it? City to Sea? City to Sea, yep. City to Sea here. So I got a free entry. Yep. So I thought I'll go and have a – I'll go and jump in that. So I ran for a couple of weeks to get used to running again and then went and jumped in that and hated it. Okay, yeah. but the back was okay? 
Back or, was okay. I was just, just unfit, unfit yeah. running. Like I was fine. I was chatting to people as they were passing me. Like I could keep a conversation. I just couldn't let get my legs turning over. So what part of it did you hate though? The fact that you weren't fit. It wasn't fit and people were passing yeah, me. But you, did you love being back in a, oh, yeah, in, it was in like, a race yeah, and that it was adrenaline a, yeah, and that's crowds what I like. and stuff? And I got to the end of it and I was like, right, yeah. I, I, like it wasn't hopeless, but yeah. I ran like 3.30s or something like that. So not bad on yeah. no running. And most people were pretty excited about it. Like people I worked with yeah. and I was like, oh, it's a long way from where I knew I could be if I was a runner. And I decided after then, I was like, right, I'm never going to run again or I'm going to get fit. Yeah. And I was in Adelaide for the Tour Down Under at the start of last year riding bikes. So we'd, you do like four or 500 Ks in a week there and pretty intense riding. And Facebook flashed up a memory from four years ago running at Cadbury Half Marathon yeah, and I looked really here. fit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I look, I look really fit in that. But you still would have looked fit, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah I was still fit. I was, lot, stuff, I was certainly diet. Yeah, I was yeah. heavier. I was certainly heavier. I was yeah. about five or six kilos heavier as a cyclist. Which is what, what are you weigh? 50? I'm down 50? to about 59, yeah. 50, yeah. yeah, about 59 now. Um, uh, yeah, certainly look fit. I wasn't I wasn't as lean because yeah. I wasn't quite as strict with my yeah. diet when I was cycling because I was just doing it to keep fit and have yeah. fun with mates, that kind of thing. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I saw that photo and I thought, right, that's it. Mm. I'm going to put the bike down and I'm going to have another crack at it. Yeah. And so I got back from Adelaide. I had a couple of runs while I was in Adelaide hung the bike up, and then just started trying to run every day. Yeah. Nothing hard, nothing long, just trying to base. Just trying yeah. to tick the days off, and I did that for a month or two, and then I, I touched base with Kimbo and said, Rightio, what do you reckon? I've been able to run 40 or 50K for the last few weeks. And we're like, Rightio, let's do a session, just a, just a fartlek session, nothing too fast, just continuous. So I started every Thursday. I'd do a, just a 10 by 1 or a minor fartlek, yeah. just 20 minutes of, of solid running. So I did that. After another few weeks, I said, right, yeah, that's going all right. And we're like, we'll chuck in a tempo session. So I started doing tempos on Saturday. And then that was going well. And I was starting to do these long runs by myself, like 21K, just your standard long run. And I got bored with that. And so I I reached out to somebody either on Strava or something like that and said, "Uh, do you know anybody who runs near where I live? Um, Because in Melbourne, you sort of need to run where you live because it's so hard to get anywhere. Yeah. Somebody put me in touch with um, Mark Purvis, who's um, an older guy but yeah. runs for – he was quite well-known in the running community. So he said, oh, well, these guys run from Eaglemont every Sunday. They do about 20K at 4.45, 5-minute five pace. And I thought, great. So when jumped in with all these guys. You know, they're probably in their 40s and 50s, a little bit older than me, but it was great just being back yeah. running with other people again and yeah. just chatting about – you know. And the run just goes so much quicker when oh, it just like flew by. And all I just, of a sudden your watch is beeping and you're nearly finished. Yeah, yeah, it became one of the, my favourite days of the uh. week because I just got back out there around like-minded people. And after a few weeks of that, um, Mark convinced me to, to race um, cross-country. So he joined me up with his club, Old Scotch, yep. and then um, APS United, which was the yep. affiliate club in AV. And we raced, um, so we were in the Premier Division. So yep. I was certainly the... Probably at the start of the season, definitely probably the, the sixth runner. Yeah. But the first race at Jules was a relays and we won one silver in the team's event and which was a big deal for APS and yeah. it was just I couldn't believe it. Like running was just huge over there. Yeah. Like compared to Tassie Cross Country, which is yeah. pretty low key. We were we were out at Jules Park and there's videos, there's T V cameras and loudspeakers. AV is amazing everywhere. like that. And I think we take it for granted a bit, the guys who live in Victoria, that um how easy you can go down and I, I ran for Geelong the last couple of years, yep. and I remember one of my first races for Geelong. Like Mottram was, yeah, the leg after me or the leg before yeah. me at Jails Relay, and then Jeff Risley's in front of us, and we're chasing. Like these are feeding him Olympian, yeah. like nearly Australian record holders, yeah. and 
they're just buzzing around. Liam Adams, like you got all these elite runners just um, getting around a park in yeah, Melbourne was, suburbs. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, and I think I, I was really nervous because I knew all the people around me were like gun runners. Yeah, no. you know they were, you know Steve Nucky, an awesome eight hundred meter runner, yeah. and um, and Adam, uh, you know, won bronze at the fifteen and bike run, yeah, bronze at the fifteen hundred meter, not that was, much yeah. earlier, and I'm like. Well, I'm way out of yeah. my league, and I didn't even I didn't even know if I could run fast because all I'd done was some fart leg and some tempos, and you know we turn up there on the Saturday and it's hot. I'm nervous. I can't I can't even swallow because I'm I'm that nervous. Yeah. And, what weight did you run? I ran, I think I ran third or fourth. Okay. So I was handing. So I the think pressure's on there. In the pressure middle was on yeah. in the middle to hold pace, and I think I was I was handing over to Sean Guinea, who's yeah. a bit of a jet yeah. as well. And like I'd only just met these guys that day, and I felt like I was way out of my league, and I just ran really hard, and mm. I ran okay. Like I was probably, I was maybe the I was the slowest that day, I think, in our group. But compared to amongst the other teams, like I, I sort of held my own. That yeah. gave me a bit of confidence. But and then that just became part of the every week. You know, it was um, local cross country one week, AV the next week. Yeah. And yeah, just loved it. Absolutely loved it. How you know, you, you have a bad day at AV and you're so far down, like you're 20 spots oh, down. It's awesome. Yeah. You've always got somebody to chase and yeah. somebody chasing you. And it was just such an amazing session and such a great, it was great to be part of a team again. Yeah. Yeah. I spent so much of my time running and running solo. And then that just led into, um, yeah, Lonnie 10 was my first road race back. Um, so that was in what is it, June June or July yeah, of that year? it's usually so been, pretty cold, isn't so it? So I've been back running for three, three so or four months solid. Last year. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. 2016, yeah. The floods were, was flooded. Yeah, it had been yeah. flooded. The town had been flooded yeah. all that week and they were, um, they were doubtfully they were going to be able yeah. to put the race on. But we get down there and it was about, yeah, race day was two degrees. Yeah. You know, wind chill factor was yeah. under minus. I was there. Minus. Yeah, yeah, I ran it. Yeah, it, it was, was ordinary. It was, yeah. Like everybody, we were warming up in like five layers of yeah. load. Like it was really tough. And I've got, and once again, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence because I didn't know what I could do. I hadn't done any K reps or any real markers to know where yeah. I was at. And I'd only been doing the fart legs still and, you know, maybe 80 or 90 Ks a week. Yeah. And so I was still really nervous and had no confidence in what I could actually run. I thought I was in, in around 32 shape again. And um, the gun went off, and a lead pack of about 25, 30 blokes have just gone, I think went through in about 245, 250 or something. Yeah, I stupid. think I went through in like 252 that day, and I was I and got, I was off the leaders, and I, was, and I was feeling good. It was one of those days, like, oh, this yeah. is easy, and then you'll see the car, and you're like, oh, no, this is going to come back. <laughs> That's not right. Here, yeah. yeah. Look, and I just didn't have that in my... Uh, it didn't have that in the bank. Yeah, I, there was I, there was no way I could do, you get go that anywhere near this. Start, yeah, it's yeah, a everybody, start. Yeah, and I'm not a I'm not a fast starter as it is. And yeah. then everybody, and then all of a sudden, I'm in no man's land. I'm dead solo. I'm thirty something. Yeah, and running by myself. And all the way out, I picked up maybe one guy. Yeah, got to the turnaround, picked up another guy, and then ran solo into the headwind oh, for five. Yeah. And I just lost it mentally. At about 7K, I had three really bad splits where they were in the teens, like 14, 15, yeah. and I just started hating it. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, I've, I've mucked it up. And then I got to the 9K marker on the road and did the math really quick and thought, if I run a 310, I can still break 32. Yeah, right. So I thought, you beauty. So I, I sort of half picked up. I had nothing in the legs, and I've rounded that corner, and they'd moved the finish line from the official oh, from last they? year. Yeah. And it was actually 100 metres further up the road. Ah, oh, okay. And I've yeah, clicked right. over 10K. You know, they're always going to be a bit long. Yeah. But I've clicked over 10K and I'm still halfway down the street. 
But you think the K markers, like the Garmin, I understand my Garmin's going to be wrong. Yeah. But that 9K should be at the 9K mark. It should be. Shouldn't it? Yeah. Should be. So funny story. So yeah, I'm halfway up the hill. My watch goes off and I've looked down and I've looked up at the thing and it and I'm getting close, and it's gone 3201, 3202, and, and my head's just dropped down. I think I ran 3204 officially. Okay. So I found out from the race organiser, because I was like, well, you were so long, like yeah. really 200 long on a 10K, even with yeah. the Garmin, that's, that's yeah. too much. And it's a strap. And they said, you're out, oh, right? yeah, we moved the um, finish line up the hill a bit further because it was better for the spectators. And I was like, this is a certified course. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was pretty gutted that day. I was pretty angry with it. I, <sighs> you know, on a bad day running solo and I'd missed out on running 32 again by four seconds on a long course. <laughs> I'm feeling so much better now because I, um, I ran maybe 30, no, 30.05 the yeah. year before. Yeah. And then went back and ran like 20 seconds, like 30, no, 30.25. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's you know, 15, 20 seconds behind my best. And now that you're telling me that, though, yeah. I know you've got to just take what the race yeah. organisers put out there. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's the same for everyone. But, yeah. yeah, I had a look at the finish, and it was definitely different on the GPS tracking. Oh, okay. It was further up the road. Yeah. And especially when you're so, um, you know, fixated so on times and you're, you know, I mean, I know it doesn't really matter, but, no, yeah, it was it in my head. Us, though, like, it was in my head to run under 32, yeah. and I thought I had it, and I missed it again. I thought it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> especially for you, like, coming back, like, nearly doing that full circle from yep. just starting out running. That was my first race back. It was still a PB. Yeah. It was a 10-second PB, I think, or, or something like that. So I, I still had that, but I was pretty devastated. And I didn't feel great during the race. Yeah. Like, it was, it was cold. And I found it really that, hard. That headwind was bad coming back as well. Yeah. So it wasn't that enjoyable, but at least I was back in it. Yeah. And, you know, I think a couple of weeks later I ran the the AV Cross, the 10K Champs. Yep. And that was awesome. I loved that. I ran really well there. there. No, no, the, the, oh, the cross-country cross country yeah, one out of Bundura. Bundura. Yeah. And I loved that. That was good fun. And then everything went pear-shaped again. I got, I got a virus. Okay. I got a virus and then um, sort of I just thought it was a bit of a bad cold and, and raced with it at a local AV, then, or not an AV, just a local cross-country the next week. And, like, felt sick running uh, going yeah. over there. And I didn't have a car because my wife was on call. And so I rode over there. And and then I just, yeah, my heart rate was through the roof. I was on cold and flu medication, but ran out of my skin. Like, yeah. ran really well, and but just cooked myself. Yeah. And then got sicker and sicker. And a couple of days later, we flew to um, Malaysia for a mate's wedding. Okay, yeah. And just got really, really sick. Got caught in a monsoon over there on yeah. a jog and, and got so sick I could hardly do anything. I just sat on a lounge chair for four or five days just feeling miserable could hardly eat and and that lingered for nearly a month because i didn't look after myself properly in the initial stages of it so i learned a lot from there so july i hardly ran after that so for a month and i had to rebuild and yeah rebuild for burnley half with a new coach so i got a i got a new coach i just needed somebody who was so you're still doing correspondence yeah a little bit of correspondence with kim Kim, yeah yeah more of a mentor mentor stuff yeah because i mean he's a busy man and he didn't really have that much time and so, um, Ant Rickards, yep. I don't know if you know Ant. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was racing APS with him, and he and I were doing. I, I transitioned over to doing my Sunday long runs with that group with Pete yep. Holgren and and yep. those boys. Some really good marathoners, you know, like two twenty four, two twenty five marathoners. And you're talking and, about is that the Frankston boys, like Dano and are no, they? No, who's that? No, no. Um, think. Pete Holgren's a Swedish guy. Little Swedish guy, so he's run. They've run two twenty five, two twenty six, and they yeah. had a really good crew that ran from Carlton and uh, an awesome loop which had taken like either a lap of Prinny and then over to Yarra Bend and a yeah. uh, loop that we did like lots of hills, lots of single track, but it was run hard. You yeah. know, it was sort of like four fifteens, four tens, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
and it took a couple of weeks to get used to it but after that I loved it yeah. and I loved that harder long run and yeah. just felt really strong from it and so Ant took over my program um, for like five weeks to get me fit for Burnley yep. and we got into Burnley and yeah it was like a really short program I felt tired the whole time because I was double running and yeah. no days off and and just said just trust it and I got to race day um, and still doing the same sort of stuff just either 400s or far leg stuff nothing yep. too different shorter tempos and um, and yeah, ran ran seventy seven nearly seventy dead there, which was another massive PB. Debut half marathon. Day, first. Uh, no, I'd run at the Gold Coast. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'd run seventy one something at Gold Coast, so yeah. I ran like a an eighty second PB at AV. And no, like Gold Coast course is pretty fast. Yeah, like, pretty it's not fast. Like, yeah. yeah, I was in good nick when I ran that too. So you know, I was like, okay, well, there's another PB yeah. five years on and. You know, so and um, Anne's been coaching me ever since, and it's been a, a really great partnership. We get along really well, and we both love numbers and yep. and digesting data and heart rate and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And it's just a really good relationship. We we map out a, like a twelve week macro program, yep. which rotates like between small, medium, and long weeks. Yeah, and um, and then but he's really great if I need to bounce ideas off if I'm feeling a bit run down or if I'm not feeling. So good, we adjust uh, we adjust the program to suit, and it's yeah. just really good to have somebody else to tell you, yeah. yeah, have a day off. And especially when he's been there, done that as well. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that have a day off thing. That's the whole. Oh, I'm the same thing. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to. Like, yeah. You know, everyone's doing a similar session. Yeah. Everyone knows what kind of sessions are good for you, but having someone to back this off or you know cut that long run twenty minutes short and just little yeah. things like that are just. Because otherwise you think you're being weak or you kind of get this yeah. voice in your head that you're not pushing hard enough yeah. and you don't want Sometimes to Sometimes easier is better. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And all that, we, we started doing all my um, easier runs as heart rate runs, but all yeah. different heart rates depending on the day, like 144, 136 heart rate, 125, they're all specific. Yeah. And what that got me was got me really efficient running at different speeds. Okay. And so, yeah, it really taught me to run efficiently and the improvements I got over a month, I like, like when I first started, it was like an 11, 11K run over the boulevard to work at 144, went from 420s down to 359s average. Yeah. You know, it just got okay. me, it got me really efficient and yeah. it, it made every run a purposeful run. run. There was no junk. Yeah, like Brian was ju- talking about junk yeah, miles this morning. Yeah. I don't do junk miles yeah. anymore. It's all quality. Everything has a purpose. Everything yeah. has a purpose, and it worked really well. You know, so some days if I was off or it was hot, you know, the one twenty five heart rate jog on the Thursday afternoon after a session would be five minute k's mm-hmm. if it needed to be. Yeah. You know, you know, and that you know that got better and better, and so yeah, he got me to this point. Yeah, and well, that's you know, awesome. PB's, Sounds like a good relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. been really great. Like I called him straight after the race. Yeah, he was all emotional. I was a bit emotional because you know you put so much work into it. Yeah, and to think like in the last two weeks where I've hardly been out of run or yeah, do anything, yeah. and to think yesterday I was doubtful if I was even going to get through it. You know, to to sacrifice all that time that you do as a runner and. Yeah, you know your family has to put up with you being a bit grumpy and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, it makes it really enjoyable and really nice. And those moments are like awesome. Like oh, when you best. can share it with people, especially yeah. people who have been there on that yeah. journey with you. It's um, yeah, yeah, that's so good to be able to be able to have that going on. Yeah, right. Let's talk about diet. Diet, yes. Vegan, yeah. This is what we're gonna. This is what I was here for. Yeah, this is what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. So when? Well, why? Um, okay. Like like I said at breakfast, I wouldn't call myself vegan. Yeah. I certainly is that your name on Instagram? 
No. Are you a vegan runner? Isn't that no, your... No, that's not me. No, I'm the edge runner. Edge runner. Edge no, runner. I don't know why I thought yeah. vegan runner. No, vegetarian. No, it's in your description. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah, so classify myself as vegetarian. Yep. Because I'm not 100% vegan. Like yep. there are a couple of things that I might occasionally eat. But generally it's all... It came about... My wife's vegetarian has been since she was about 12. Yep. And about eight or nine years ago, I'd been cutting back more and more. I'd stopped eating red meat. And then I'd stopped eating anything else, and I was just eating a little bit of fish. And it, it, it just being around her, I think, influenced me a little bit, just starting to think of food differently and think of where it's coming from. And yeah. and I just wasn't comfortable with that. And then I read I read a book called Eating Animals. You told me, that, yeah, that that's the one you've recommended to me. Oh, man, that stopped I haven't me. read it yet. I've got it on hold for an audio book, so I'll yeah, listen to it when I'm ready. That stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. yeah. And that was just like I can't honestly live with myself from keep eating, keep eating animals. Um, and so we went away for a, a triathlon weekend down the east coast of Tassie with some mates, and I just went, that's it, I'm done. I'm not eating meat again. I just went cold turkey yeah. as they say and haven't touched it in eight or nine years and the more i go the more vegan i get i think yeah. yeah so we have almost no no animal products at home whatsoever no dairy anymore really um occasionally i'll slip up with some cheese but they are making lots more vegan cheese there's yeah. some some great stuff in longford up in tassie we've got some here at a market the other night some cashew yep. cashew nut cheese which is awesome so there's so many great substitutes out now Years in eight or nine years ago, there was nothing. Yeah, there was, there was hardly it, anything. it would have been so difficult to do it. It would have been so challenging to to be vegeta- uh, vegan. Um, but yeah, it's so much easier now. I ate a lot of meat, yep. fake meat substitutes. I love those. Yeah, um, right. Gardein, this American brand, make frozen stuff, yep. and they make all your meat replacements. So if you still have cravings for meat like things like burgers and, and chicken does it taste burgers, exactly the oh, same? not exactly, but it's but, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I use I use a lot of that. So great protein source. Yep. Generally, like I think the the beef burgers that they have, it's called beefless burgers. I think they're called. They're like seventy percent lower in saturated fat than your standard burger. They're high protein. You know, uh, just a, a low in cholesterol, no trans fats. Like they're just actually better for you. Yeah. You know, and so I, I have a lot of those with my meals, like um, like protein. As I guess, like a bit of extra protein intake. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Like, so give us a daily, what's a, your normal day look like for meals? Like, do you kind of have... Yep. Yeah, breakfast? Yep, yep. so uh, get up, uh, have a pot of black coffee, or yep. have a couple of black coffee before I train. So never never eat breakfast before training, so I always train fasted. Is that uh, to build those fats, like to train on the fat stores yeah, as well? Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, and it's just got, I've just got used to it. Yeah, yeah more efficient, um, and I don't need it. Did you eat this morning before the race? No. No. No, never. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you'd have to get up three or four hours yeah. before to actually be able to use it as fuel. Black so, coffee. And, yeah. yeah, black coffee. Yeah. Black coffee and I have a gel on the start line. Yep. That's it. Because you don't need it. Anything for, what is it, 90 minutes and under, you've got yeah. enough fat stores or glycemic to get you through, stores yeah. to get you through a race anyway. So yeah. it's all mental. Yeah. Yeah, so you just got to train your body mentally yeah. to say you don't actually need it. So yeah, coffee. As soon as I come home, I'll have a bottle of uh, electrolyte drink in the fridge ready to go. So you're just about being prepared, I think, more so as a vegetarian is, or yeah. vegan, being prepared and having things there ready. So I'll have that while I'm stretching, and then straight after that I'll um, I'll make a smoothie within 20 minutes or so. So like we were talking about this morning, you just have lots of frozen fruits ready to go in the freezer. I've got a Nutribullet. Yeah. So it's just things like frozen blueberries, mangoes, and then whatever fresh fruit I've got in there. So it'd be normally strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, um, normally coconut water. Yep. A bit of soy chocolate milk, yep. 
couple of teaspoons of like a pea protein, like a, a vegan um, protein powder. And if I've got any greens, you might chuck some greens in there as well. Um, and that's it, yeah. and a bit of ice. And so that gives me, oh, that gives me a day's a day's worth of protein. Yeah. Plus, I'm getting all the antioxidants and all that kind yeah. of stuff from all the. I'm getting like four or five serves of fruit. You've just smashed most people's weekly um, yeah dietary requirements and in your morning. And I normally have that and uh, toast. Yeah. Like I love carbs. I, yeah. I need carbs being so so little and using so yeah. much energy because I'm always moving. Um, like I burn five to six thousand calories a day. Yeah. So yeah, round of toast and maybe a cup of tea, and yeah, then off to work. And so being at work, I mean, I make all pretty much all our lunches and dinners and that kind of thing. It's normally like um, it's like couscous salads, you know, roasted vegetable salads. I make vegan fritters now as well. So there's this great um, to substitute eggs because a lot of people use eggs in fritters. Yeah. Um, so I use flaxseed meal which is really good. So you use flaxseed meal, like a tablespoon of that with three tablespoons of boiling water. You mix that up and put it in the fridge and let it set for about 10 minutes. That that creates an egg, what they call a flaxseed okay, egg. Okay, yeah, right. So you use a flaxseed egg, not because it looks or tastes like an egg, but it acts as a binding agent like an egg does because that's all you yeah. need. That's yeah, all you have. bring it together. You don't have egg, eggs in fritters and food for flavouring yeah. generally. It's to bind it together. So, yeah, there's vegan fritters yeah. and then you just use whatever vegetables you've got grate them up and chuck Chuck them in there with a little bit of flour and um, salt and pepper and a few herbs and spices and and that kind of thing. Um, And the flaxseed meal works really well in baking as well. And that's got to be meal, doesn't it? Like we were doing the linseed, we were putting the seed straight in, but then I read somewhere you've got to... It's got to be meal, it's got to be be ground Otherwise it goes straight through your... Yeah, that's right. You don't absorb it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so you can use that in baking. So I've been using that in in baking, like if I make banana bread and things like that, you know, it's just with frozen bananas and and flaxseed meal. It makes a really good flavour, actually. It actually improves the bread by not using... By not using the eggs in it, I've found the flavour yeah. and texture is actually better. And vegan butter, which you can get all over the place, yeah, which is made out that of before. yeah, made <laughs> out of canola and coconut oil. So like higher in saturated fat, but like we were talking at breakfast, saturated fat's not your enemy as a runner. You need fat stores. It's just about about it in moderation, and it's much better than adding in sugars or or things like and that. And that was a big misconception, wasn't it? That if you had that a high-fat diet back in the day, you'd yeah. get heart disease and yeah. cut all that out and instead they took all that fat out of food and put all the sugar in and yeah. got obese and got diabetes. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm offsetting the, the saturated fat well yeah. enough in the, in the mileage. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, generally like a grain salad or, uh, yeah, might... Um, uh, yeah, it might be a salad sandwich like with some with some fake chicken yep. breast in there that I I um I, I char grill off normally and slice that up or a tofu sandwich things like that and then dinner is generally it'll be like a, a stir fry or roast veggies or pasta yep. you know things like that so it's so easy yeah. and just all vegetable based yeah so everything has vegetables in it and there's great there's great vegan sausages out now so you have those if you're if you're craving your meat so meat and th- we often have meat and three veg yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you know <laughs> steamed steam yeah. broccoli steamed carrots some roast potatoes and some and some you know chicken fake chicken breast or or sausages and you can eat like a uh, inverted comma a normal person yeah yeah it's yeah. easy Whereas you're probably more healthier because you're not eating like a normal person. Yeah. Um, that whole flip side, isn't it? Mm. What about, um, did you get a bit of backlash? Like you said you're down with your mates on a, at the beach or whatever and you made that decision and people tried to convince you that it was the wrong thing to do? For, yeah, for a while because it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't massive 
eight or nine years ago, I don't yeah. think. Like it no, was not there not. certainly weren't as many vegetarians and vegans around back then. Vegans were seen as really odd people yeah. eight or nine years ago. Like I had a couple of vegan mates and everybody just thought they were crazy. Yeah. And just, you know, tree huggers, hippies, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. But, you know, if you think about it, if you actually let your brain th- think about where your food's coming from, you know, I, I think the people who, who give you trouble about it are the people who can't who can't rectify it in their head and say, well, actually, you know, I do feel guilty about why am I eating animals? Like, yeah. it's crazy. And I had this argument driving to the Tour Down Under last year with two meat eaters. Yeah. And they've both got pets, dogs yeah. and cats, and they talk about how much they love animals. And I said to him, I just got in an argument with him, I said, radio, would you eat Max? That's my mate's dog. Yeah. And he's like, well, no. And I said, okay, but you're happy to eat a sheep or a, or a cow? It just makes no sense. Like, just because we farm them, yeah. it doesn't mean we have to... We, we don't. We don't should be eating them. You're not going to... You don't eat your dogs and cats. It's just say, because society says, oh, you can have this, you can eat this animal. It's okay to kill this one, but it's not okay to kill mm. this one. And it just makes no sense to me. And you hear people get, like, on their high horse about, oh, in China they're eating cats or they eat dogs. And, like, people, like, ready to throw a chair out the window. Yeah. Oh, the Chinese or the Japanese or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas we've just chosen which animals we can and can't do it to here and we think exactly. that's okay. And, we, yeah, we justify Because that's how we make things easier, you know. We justify it in our heads that it's yeah. okay. So, I mean, I don't preach it to anybody. Yeah. I think it, it, more it just rubs off on mates. I've had a number of mates who are who are eating a, a meatless diet now. Um, and not because I've forced it down their throat or anything. They just, it makes sense to them, I think. Yeah. You know, just, you know, as, a, as an evolved human, I think, you know, I think we're all evolving that we don't actually need meat. And there's and so in, many yeah. opportunities out there. And in this day and age where the information is so readily yep. available, yep. like, as I said, like I started, we watched a doco on Netflix. Yep. Both me and my partner, Carly, school yep. teachers, plenty of time watched this doco, had a bit of time to read up on it, yeah. all of a sudden I'm listening to other podcasts on yeah. it and I'm just like, Hang logically, on, something, like, something yeah, doesn't add up, human it? performances is better. It's better for the animals. It's yeah. better for the earth. Yeah. You know, people get on their high horse about, um, oh, it costs so much money, but it doesn't cost any more money to eat. No. And even, um, I was at a school barbecue the other day and, you know, welcome barbecue, start of the year. And, yeah. A few people having a few people are eating veggie burgers, and it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, look at them. They've got to have their veggie burgers. But looking at look at the two different barbecues: the one that's cooking the veggie burgers, yeah. the one that's cooking the meat. Yeah. And you can't possibly sit there and say that that one cannot be ten times better than you, yeah. better for you. Yeah. Than whatever that sausage is on that other barbecue. Yeah. Like, yeah. who knows what's in it? Whereas they're the weird ones because they're having the veggie burgers. Yeah. It's society's. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty. Where I was living in Melbourne, Northcote, you know, it seemed like every other person mm. was vegetarian or yeah. vegan so yeah it was it was pretty common there yeah so i don't get it so much anymore although coming back to work this week every all the staff have been asking me about it mm. so because i maybe they haven't been exposed to it they they just it's just part of their life that they eat meat and they mm. think i'm a bit different perhaps how do they know like do you broadcast it no i think uh, not not particularly yeah. but i think people just know yeah yeah i think people people who know me know that i am not yeah. that i'm particularly vocal about it but yeah, yeah. And maybe because I was asking about vegan places. and But it was great. I went to my new barber down here the other night. A guy yeah. called Jay out at Lutana. He's got an amazing joint called yeah. Bob's Your Uncle. And he's, um, he's vegan as well. And he's just moved back from Melbourne a little while back. And he's finding there's so many great options. So he and I had a half-hour conversation yeah. about new vegan places in Hobart. And it's just, yeah, it's so much better. And you find I'm finding more people that I, I, I get along with. Um, I find out they're vegetarian or vegan later. Yeah. You know, we just have more in common. I think yeah. it's just, yeah. It's funny that, yeah. It's, um, 
and it's probably who you surround yourself with as well. Like if you got those yeah, ethical views, and yeah. and sometimes I think with running and kind of good diet, you kind of find yourself in this bubble, and you kind of think that everyone thinks the same way a bit. Yeah. When and Northcote would be fantastic because yeah, it's so many people in the one location, and there's so many great options. There. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's not hard to cook your own options either. No, like, it's not. No, it's really easy now. Brown light, rice, quinoa, veggies, yeah. chuck it all together, yeah. grate some stuff. Yeah, it's really simple. I mean, even um, we live in, what, Sandy Bay here in Tassie, and just around the corner there's a, a normal larder and has all your normal meats and everything, but there's still plenty of vegan options yeah. in there as well. So even your little corner stores down here are uh, having it now, but there's another great place in City, uh, called City Organics in Criterion Street in Hobart. I went there for the first time. The whole um, the whole shop's vegan and vegetarian. Yeah, you know they've got four freezers full of vegan and um, uh, vegan and vegetarian options. So it's just so simple now. Yeah, and that was I found all this in my second day in Hobart. So and I haven't even researched it much. It yeah, it's like it's it's all out there. So if you want it, you can easily make that transition. And I don't expect everybody to make the transition, but what I found is with a lot of my mates have started cutting back. Yeah, which is a great start. Cutting yeah. back your meat consumption. You don't have to eat meat every day. Yeah. You just need to get that that conception out of your head that I have to have meat on my plate. And so they're substituting with either just veggies or they're they're cutting back and just eating fish and you know. What other misconceptions do you hear? Like or, uh, or questions. What do people always have worries about? Where do you get your proteins? Yeah. Massive ones. Yeah. So it's hilarious. It's like how much protein do you think you need? Yeah. Especially coming from sedentary people, how much protein do you think you need to sit at your office desk all day? I've heard that a couple of times. I think on the Rich Roll podcast, he yep. talks about it. And um, one of his responses is, well, where do cows get their protein from? Because yep. they're not eating meat to start yep. off with. Yep. And the other one is, I think he had some statistic, and I'll not this is yeah not quoted, but it was, you know, in America, 3% of people are... Um, protein deficient yeah. whereas it's 30% of fibre like and no yeah. one's worried about where do you get your fibre from but yeah. oh, where, where do you get your protein from so that's, a, that's the main one um, people often ask me about iron yep. iron stores that's just something I have checked regularly when I go to the get my bloods done yep. um, just to have my iron stores which especially is the most for important a distance thing. runner for a distance runner absolutely you're, you're smashing out hemoglobin and iron yeah. out of your feet every time your foot strikes so it's important to get that back in um, I just take a, a daily island, um, iron supplement which is fine. Yep. Energy levels are good. That's what everybody's saying. Are yeah. you tired? It's like no, I'm I'm fitter and healthier than I've ever been. Yeah. I'm leaner than I've ever been. Yeah, I've got I've got good energy. If I could learn how to sleep properly, I'd be even better. I uh, okay. Yeah, I'm a bad sleeper, but that's good. Yeah, right. With being a vegetarian and nothing. Um, because I'm an awesome sleeper just because uh, you're so tired from running. Like yeah, that doesn't I, work I wish, for you. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I'm a shocker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you've always been like that. Yeah, I yeah. have been. Yeah. Yeah. My wife reckons I need a hypnotist or something like that to yeah, help right. me and we get to sleep. So if I did that, I'd have, have even more energy. But look, I just, I, yeah, they're, they're the main things. Where do you get your protein from? Aren't you tired? You know, do you miss it? And it's like, oh, I couldn't even think about eating an animal again mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, it makes, it's not even something, there's nothing I miss yep. about food, like from um, animal products that I could ever eat it again. Yeah. You what know? about some challenges around it? Like, do you ever find yourself where... You know, you're at an airport or you're out for dinner or any, you know, it's been hard to find vegan options. No, you not, any, not anymore. I always I always have snacks on me. Yeah. I've always got nuts and, and, and bars, like cliff bars and things yep. like that. I've always got something stashed on me somewhere. If I know I'm going somewhere and I won't be able to eat or I, if I, I'm not confident that I'll be able to get food, like at an airport, I just take it with me. Yeah. Or I eat it beforehand or have some fruit. You yep. know, you're never that far away from from that. Yeah. yeah. So and no, being prepared, being prepared is the main thing and not expecting, 
not expecting that people are going to have something there. And just it's like it's just important to remember that it's like fuel for your body. Like people organise for their, you know. I was talking about planning my thirtieth birthday the other day, which yeah. is at the end of the year. Like yeah. I'm starting to get organised for that. Yeah. Whereas sometimes I won't be organised with what am I going to eat post race, which yep. is directly affecting my health. Or you know, going to the airport, what am I going to have? You know, those little things that are so important to yeah. go into our body, we don't organise, but we're organising holidays and birthday parties and Yeah, I'm pretty meticulous with that. So my race pack doesn't include just my running gear. Like I had that all out the night before ready to go. I have, I have uh, yeah, extra gels in there. I have um, protein bars. I have uh, spare in, in Duralites, all that kind of stuff. I've got that all packed in. It's all, all about being prepared. And, you know, when you don't have as much talent as, like, um, a lot of the guys in that field, like yeah. I don't, you know, it's more hard work and some good genetics. Yeah. I have to make sure that all my 1%ers are really good, yeah. you know, to give me a chance to run anywhere near you guys. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to be very prepared. <laughs> yeah. What about like some other general routines? Like you're seeing like a guy is really organized, really prepared, yep. like you're fit, you're healthy, you're happy. Like yep. what else, you know, little things that you live by? Like do you meditate or do you do any little one percenters things that you do every single day yeah i I stretch a lot i uh and i i think nick's on it now i know he's off it now the um the foam roller i've got my my baseball and my tennis ball i'm always rolling something or stretching out um i've always got a water bottle with me so i don't i try to avoid getting dehydrated i take my supplements regularly magnesium um, yeah, you said three times a day. Yeah, yeah. generally, especially in the warmer months, because I, I sweat a lot, and so yeah. is a magnesium. Plus, it's got it's got a few other um, key nutrients in it as well, so it's a bit of an all rounder. I take some immune defence. How did you learn about all this stuff though? Like, because I know I sweat stacks. Whenever I'm, you know, at the gym on a treadmill or something, and I'm, I always seem to sweat heaps, but I'd never think to be taking three. Um, probably when I was uh, studying my personal training degree, yep. I think I, I yeah, learned a lot about nutrition there. And I've always been pretty careful with what I ate as well. And I guess I just researched it more from there and what the runners need, especially when I started my own running program and decided to be a runner. I thought, yep. right, well, I'll do it properly yep. and find out what I need to be putting in. And then I did see there's a, a great lady who works down at the hospital here who has Strive Food Mel. She, she's a nutritionist. Um, and I went and saw her just to see if there's anything else that I should be looking at. And there were a few of the things that she said to maintain, you know, magnesium and and um, I take my iron supplement, supplement and they're like a, a – it's all, almost like a multi. It's a, a yeah, immune defense. It sort of helps with cold and, and fatigue and things like that. And so I take that once a day. And when I'm leading into a race or feeling a bit sick, I normally take two, two a day. Yeah. Yeah, just as a booster. So I try to keep on top of things rather than trying to chase things up. Play catch-up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's good. I got my um, – I emailed – I messaged my partner before we started recording this. Yeah. And I asked her if she had any questions for you. So I'm just going to... um, Going to the phones. Going to the phones. (laughs) And here's some some um, pre-prepared questions. Okay. Because as I said, we're kind of at a similar journey. Like, you know, I'm not saying I'm vegetarian or vegan or anything like that, but super interested in it. Yeah. And as I said, it ticks all those boxes. And um, she's the same. Like, we're good that we're both... Which, you know, similar with you you and your wife. Yeah, if you can do it together, it makes a lot easier. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. First one she's got is is soy milk good or bad? Uh, in moderation, I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need to be looking at like bonsoi or things like that, um, yep. the, the Japanese brand, because it's not non-modified. It's, um, it's uh, yeah, uh, much healthier for you. But I only really use it maybe in a cup of tea. Like I use very little 
because we found that because we cut out dairy at the start of this year and like we're recording this you know mid-feb so it's only been kind of like six weeks yeah but we pretty much just replaced dairy with soy milk so yep. like we make our own oats and muesli and stuff yep. instead of having milk being soy milk protein shakes yeah but then we found we like just got i don't know if you can notice like just little pimples like you it kind of out, and then yeah. carly reckons that's from um the soy milk like yeah the i would have done, yeah minimal that. amounts so, uh, like it's it's fine but um you know, I yeah, I have it maybe in cups of tea and a, a splash if I if I have some muesli. Generally, we use like a coconut yogurt in our muesli instead. Yeah, like I said, higher in bit higher in saturated fat, fat. but yeah, 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 that's a, a good source of calcium as well. Yep. She also said, "Did you find it got easier?" I guess we kind of covered that. Oh yeah, the, so easy. Options now and yeah, yeah, so easy. And then you just get more creative. Get a, get a couple of uh, cookbooks. Uh, like vegan, vegetarian or vegan ones or look online. I mean, I was lucky I worked at a cafe for the last year yeah. and I was cooking meals there as well and preparing, so I've got lots of really great ideas. So yeah. happy to share some of those with yeah, you. Yeah, for got, sure. I've got a whole book full of great recipes yeah. that are all vegetarian or oh, vegan as and well. And in this day and age, like as we said before, like the internet, you just, just type Google in it. Vegan, vegan banana bread, vegan yeah, exactly whatever right. it is, and just bang, it's just yeah. all there. Yeah. Um, five most valuable foods that you reckon? So you spoke about mushrooms because you don't supplement B twelve. No, but you have so, a lot of mushrooms. Oh, heaps of mushrooms. Yeah, um, always greens. So yeah. yeah, your spinaches and your kales, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, what else are important? Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah plenty of like they say the the ABCs they're called. So ABC um, almond, Brazil, and cashew nuts. They yeah. they complete a uh, they're a complete protein. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're good for vegans and vegetarians. Yeah. So your ABCs they call it, but only in moderation. Like you're taking yeah. like a mat, about half a dozen as yeah. a snack, but eating those together forms a complete protein. So it's really good for vegans okay. and vegetarian as well. Yeah. Um, coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. Yeah. yeah How many would you have like, a day? Oh, probably only two. Yeah. I generally have it in the morning. I yeah. won't have it after that. I'll have green tea all day at work. Yeah, yeah green tea because it's so good for metabolism and uh, as an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So I get a bit of an Achilles thing now and then. So I find that's like three or four cups of green tea a day yeah. helps with that as well. Um, yeah, they're probably my main ones. Pretty good. Yep. Rightio, mate. What's next running wise? Well, we See how like, his back pulls out tomorrow. Well, yeah, yesterday we were, or last night when I was talking to Ant, my coach, we were like far out, you know, because I was in a lot of pain last night and really didn't know if I was going to be able to get through this. We are like, right, yeah, we'll just get through it. We'll go see your physio and just work out how long we have to have off. And yeah. we, were, we were doomsdaying it last night and now we're both like, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, excited. So I think I'll take this week to recover, have a few jogs and go and see Matt and see if we can get on top of the back. Hope it settles down and then... I think they've got like a 5K on the track here down okay. in Hobart, like yep. one of the one of the champs. And I've only ever run on the track once, which was a few weeks back. So I'd like to do a bit more of that. And then City to Casino, yep. which is a big... Is that uh, 10K as well? It's 11K. 11. Yeah, point-to-point race as well. I've never really been in shape for that one. Um, and so, yeah, I've got a bit of confidence there. And that'll be a good field. It'll be a good... It'll only be locals. Only locals tend to race it. Yep. But, you know, it'll be... With so many great um, yeah. Tassie boys running well, Dylan Evans. Talking about that at breakfast. Harry, if he, yeah. Harry, if he pulls up okay from his marathon, Brian will be down. Um, Pat Smith's back running yeah. as well. Running Pagey, well. David Thomas. Tomo, yeah. yeah, Tomo. So, yeah, lots of really, really good locals. Um, it's a good spot well. for running Tassie. Like, oh, it's great. Nick and I were talking before about, you know, if you're going to move somewhere, down here, it's got that chilled out lifestyle. Yeah. It's a good bunch of... Now, even like we warmed down today, and hard, so much fun, isn't it? Like you just know yeah. each other vaguely, but all yeah. of a sudden you warm down, and the banter's there, and yeah. you're having a good joke, and yeah. all of a sudden you're having breakfast, and then around at someone's house recording a podcast. Like yeah. it's just a good. There's no kind of egos or arrogance about yeah. it, which is good. Yeah. It's a good spot. A marathon. 
Uh, eventually, yeah. Eventually. I've had a lot of people in my ear about that because yeah. I reckon I'd probably be suited to, to marathoning. It, yeah. yeah, good build. And I'm, I'm more of an endurance man than a speed man because I think I came to running so late. Yeah. I never developed any real speed because I've never done, I've never really done any track yeah. or, or repetitive speed stuff. Like everything I do is like fart like It's all, all continuous. I never really do many reps. Um, so, yeah, in the future. I've, I've still got a lot of goals I want to tick off. I've ticked one of them off today, but now yeah. I want to push that closer. Well, your training age is so young too. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm 30, 37 going on 38, but I've only run... 20, for, 24 running Yeah, age, I reckon I've still got yeah. plenty, plenty of um, PBs left like in you me. You haven't so. been at 100 miles before, like 160k weeks, yeah. Never, never. Yeah, yeah imagine what you could do. I'm running about 120 at the moment on average, yeah. which works pretty well for me. But yeah, I've got a really great base now. I've had a couple of... I've probably had two little campaigns where I've trained really well and got some good results. So now I'll... Um, yeah, no, no marathons for a while. I, I think, yeah, eventually that's where I'll end up, but I've still got a – I want to take another big chunk off that 10K. Yeah. And I want to take a really big chunk Hungry. off the half marathon now. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully keep myself in good shape and get up to Gold Coast for the half in July. They're yeah. probably my main goals. And then hopefully the weather gods are kind and we get to run up the mountain for Point to Pinnacle again this year. Because they cancelled it, didn't yeah, they? No, yeah, no, we turned it around. Turned it around. Turned around halfway last year. Okay. So being back in Tassie, being able to see the mountain as we can now from – from the uh, dining room here, here. you yeah. can see the pinnacle you know it would be a pretty big inspiration to run back up that again this year yeah. and then yeah a couple more years of that and then maybe we'll have a look at Amara yeah. in, the, in the future yeah work. where can people follow your journey Strava uh, yeah I'm on Strava got a couple Smash of new follow, yeah. followers today Nick Earl and Brady got a I followed you the other day actually, oh, okay. I started because I looked at you when you followed me I looked at your profile and I'm like oh, this guy only puts on like 15 second efforts I'm like does he even, <laughs> does he even use Strava properly and I'm yeah. like I don't want to waste a follow on a guy who yeah, I'm <laughs> sounding arrogant as but um gave me a like and then when I saw you yes or heard your story you had back spasms you haven't yeah. been able to train for two weeks I'm like oh that makes that's sense that's why I was doing 15 second yeah, reps I'm not going to get out of following the guy who's doing 15 second strides or no, I do some more than that so yeah. Um, yeah I'm on Strava Andy Allison Instagram at the edge runner that's probably the main two places I uh, not the vegan runner not the vegan yeah. runner I might give him a follow as yeah. well I'm sure he's alright yeah that's a kind of hash- that's a kind of um, name you'd have a stack of followers I reckon absolutely yeah. oh, you, you put a hashtag vegan on one of your posts yeah. you know, you're yeah. getting a lot of looks yeah it's starting to come in though like even elite athletes like you just hear about people that it's like this other world has always been there but you've just yeah. now I just know like it's like, it's, like it's okay it's like like people coming out now yeah. isn't it it's yeah. meant to be socially acceptable yeah. now you're not a weirdo just because you're and I think you're sometimes you're ready to hear and you're ready to listen to that like it's probably been there but I've just never had my eyes yeah. open to it yeah. and now like even I listen to a podcast with Moby and like he's been vegan for like since like the 80s and stuff and yeah like, right uh, someone said Serena and Venus Williams are like both vegan oh, really? yes there's just, just don't know to about be, it yeah. do you yeah which is good because I don't think you need this stigma about oh I'm vegan you're not it's us against you yeah, kind no. of thing it's just like yeah this is what I mean I think it's good for my body that's right move on don't force it down yeah exactly throat. right yep which is funny because you know we don't call you don't call meat eaters meat eaters but no. vegans are vegan cafe that's right I'm a vegan and yeah. I'm putting vegan in all my names on. yeah, yeah it's right. a strange kind yeah. of thing but I think it's only going to get better yeah true beautiful mate thanks for the hospitality hey thanks for the chat no worries at all Jeez, I don't even know how long we went for but yeah. poor Nick he's probably gone for a nap yeah he's probably right. sleeping somewhere <laughs> I hope it worked it should be all good it's been I've uh, been checking on it
there you go. First episode recorded of Tell Me Your Tales is now out to the world. Thanks for listening again. I hope you got something out of that conversation with Andy Allison. And um, yeah, if you can, pass it on to somebody who you think might benefit from hearing it. If you get a chance, head over to iTunes and leave me a review on iTunes. You need to be on the computer to do that. They don't let you do it on the phone or iPad app. So if you get a chance, go over there and leave one there. I'm at nine reviews at the moment, all have been five stars, which is good, but 10 sounds a whole whole lot better than nine. So hopefully uh, someone can find a couple of minutes to uh, rate me. And um, yeah, have a good week and I'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Is learn how to unlove you
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.